Last time on the Screen the Screener podcast. I was nervous watching this game because, Mike, everything you wanted to have happen from a St. Mary's point of view actually happened. I really like what Calipari is doing here, and he is not getting the credit he deserves. They are going to pound Tennessee at home on Tuesday night. Elton Brand ain't walking through that door. Coach Patino, you know what I'm saying, right? Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door, and Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. It seemed like Coach Beard and Texas Tech might have cracked the code on how to defend Baylor. Keep it at 100, folks. Baylor is matchup dependent. I could find a way to get him to the Final Four, and I could find a way with them losing to Yale in the first round again. Uh, the only thing that stood out to me is that no Wisconsin anywhere. Oh, it's absurd. The fact that they weren't there at all was a little bit shocking to me. But you can't tell me yeah. that Butler, the fourth team in the Big East, is greater than Wisconsin, number one team in the Big Ten. They had UCLA as a four, making Villanova, Louisville, Kentucky, UCLA. That is a death bracket. I just want to give a little shout out to the dog show at MSG. People are going crazy over this. It is now on Fox Sports 1. It is no longer on an uh, NBC-type network. So if you're looking for the dog show, find it on Fox Sports 1. And that will be the highlight on the marquee on the actual Broadway in MSG this week. So shout out to the dog show. Again, his knowledge is so diverse, folks. I love it. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Boy, Bill Self pulls another one out of the fire. Welcome to the Screen the Screener Podcast, folks, where we talk all things NCAA basketball with you. We hope you like the new opening tonight, give you a little review of what we said last time. My partner, Gus, he's got fishy lines all over the place. He's got, he's got Dayton winning. He's got everything going on. And oh, by the way, he knows dogs. How you doing, Gus? Ah, great, Mike Randall. Thanks for having me in tonight. Uh, Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, listeners out there. We're happy to give you a quickie podcast. We hope that we aid in your Valentine's hangover, if there is one. We hope that we aid in your Kansas, uh, West Virginia viewing. Oh my goodness, that thing was amazing. And we're hoping that we can help get your brackets set and get ready for the Saturday uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Tuning us in, we're humbled, we're honored, we're very thankful, as always. Uh, Mike Randall, let's just roll right with this thing. Let's roll. Yeah, what we're going to do, folks, is we're going to bring you in an interview that we had with Tony Patelis. Tony is on Twitter, at College Hoop News. One of the guys, we're junkies, we're vagabond basketball guys, we love it. We follow him, he follows us. He has great commentary, has tremendous knowledge on college basketball, seems to be watching all the games all the time. He's got a periscope that he does, weekly college hoops chat, Wednesday 6.30 p.m. and Sunday 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at College Hoops Hoop News. Here's Tony Patelis. Give a listen. He's got some great stuff. Boy, we are honored today to have Tony Patelis uh, from co- at College Hoop News on Twitter. I have to tell you, Gus and I have been following you, Tony, for the last few months, and you have an encyclopedia of college hoop knowledge. And it also seems like you're never sleeping because you're commenting on every <laughs> single game. So, folks, we're honored to have Tony Patelis here at College Hoop News to give us a few moments. How are you doing today, Tony? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. We uh, Listen, we're, we're hoops junkies. So are you. Same way. Vagabond guys. We watch all the games. Uh, so I'd be remiss. I just got to start. What do you think of the big Gonzaga win over St. Mary's? That divided our podcast and uh, Gus and Gonzaga came out on top. 
Yeah, you know, well, I, I've been on Gonzaga all year. You know, I, I'm a I'm a believer. <laughs> I think they're an elite Final Four caliber team. Um, just another, you know, j- just another big win for them. You know, they're six and zero against the top fifty this year. They've had a lot of great wins. I, you know, I feel like Gonzaga never gets the benefit of the doubt because they're in the WCC, and you know, a lot of people knock them for that. But you know, I think they've shown us enough this year. You know, beating Florida, beating Arizona. Um, Iowa State, St. Mary's twice that, you know, they're, they're the real deal this year. And I think they could uh, definitely find themselves in Phoenix. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, what's funny, Tony, is I personally thought, and I think they're great. Uh, Gus had predicted them to go to the Final Four beginning of the season. I think they're fantastic. It's just, you know, college hoops is such a great sport. You never know when you're going to get tripped up at like a Texas Tech or something like that. So I pinpointed this St. Mary's game as sort of, you know, they are going to make a mistake at some point, but they haven't. Not only are they winning the games, but they're winning them comfortably across the board. Um, That's what's really impressive to me. Absolutely. You know, it, whatever. if you're in the WCC, the ACC, whatever conference, it's extremely difficult to win night in and night out. I mean, as we know, the, these days in college basketball, there's so much parity and, and it's it's tough to win on, you know, night in and night out like New Mexico State in the WAC. They just won 20 in a row. They got they yeah. got tripped up a little bit, but yep. it, it's 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 really difficult. And I don't care that they're in the WCC. It's impressive to me, whatever conference you do it in. I totally agree. And that'll segue into my next topic. I, I a lot of people have been criticizing the putting the the top sixteen teams out uh, like the, like CBS did with the bracket. I for mm-hmm. one loved it. I, I thought it created transparency. It got me thinking about a lot of stuff. There's a couple things I want to run by you. The first one is: Were you surprised that Gonzaga was the four seed behind Baylor on that top line? No, because generally the committee is very power five, uh, you know, bias in my opinion. So it didn't surprise me very much, honestly. Yeah, and they are. And listen, I've liked Baylor all year. I actually had them preseason go into the Final Four. It's sort of the Syracuse hangover. I liked Motley. I, li- I thought Bill Self mm-hmm. was going to actually not win his 13th straight <laughs> Big 12 title. Although last night's game, he was on the precipice, but they pulled it out. Or two nights ago, rather. But that was yeah. fantastic. But uh, the other ones that surprised me is they really do, Tony, give a lot of attention to location. And I know a lot mm-hmm. of people I've talked to who are Villanova fans who feel they're in the bracket of death there with they were put in with Louisville, Kentucky and UCLA and it, what the explanation was which I will say it was consistent from um, Mark Hollis the Michigan State AD was they want to see teams near their their school which does create a balance doesn't it It does and I feel like if you know it's almost like a home game the first weekend for some of these teams you know like you know North Carolina say they get put in Greensboro or or whatnot it's difficult you know and i think if you're a good enough team you know you don't need to have a home game against the 16th seed in the first round of the tournament right and and you know that he a lot of people i talked they felt they got punished i mean they're playing ucla in the in the in the fourth you know the one four game right there that's a tough makeup and i I do think with travel i was surprised because almost the argument that that was made was this year, because of the location of the one seeds that they had, Villanova would end up at Madison Square Garden because Gonzaga would not choose to go to Madison Square Garden. Kansas would not go to Madison Square Garden, neither would Baylor. So in essence, which I thought was a good point, this year with Villanova, they're getting Madison Square Garden right now, no matter what, assuming that everything plays out the way it does. Yeah, you know, and it's, it seems like every year we have a new argument you know, with the with the committee and the, and so they have an extremely difficult job. I, I completely understand that. So, um, 
it's it's hard to you know because of all the different teams and all the different locations to you know put these teams in the right place so i mean am i gonna complain about it no i mean it's it's just something we have to deal with unfortunately yeah, you know, it, it helps because I'm going to try to predict, Gus, and I'm going to try to predict where they put people. So at least we got insight into it. Just a couple of the seeds, too, uh, you know, in, in this preview that I'll, I'll run through. Uh, what were your thoughts on the three seeds? They put Kentucky in there. Personally, mm-hmm. I love – listen, I love Kentucky. They're talented. They, they have the pizzazz, Calipari, the freshman. I don't know if their resume has really earned them that spot. I mean, they lost three out of four. They lost to Tennessee. So I was a little surprised Kentucky was a three. And I also was surprised that Florida got a three because Florida, to me, Tony, has beaten the teams they're supposed to beat, which is yeah. an accomplishment. But I had them at a four. I also had Kentucky at a four. But I, what are your thoughts on Kentucky and, and Florida? Um, I agree with you. I think Kentucky should be more on that four or five line. Um, I think Florida, too, should be more on that four or five line as well. I totally agree with you. Um, Kentucky is a team that – you know, they've been struggling lately, but, you know, I really feel, um, and I don't know, call me crazy, I feel like a lot of years the committee gives certain schools leverage, true. you know, totally bias yep. because of coaches. You know, I feel like Michigan State's in that, you know, in that category this year. They're struggling, but, you know, you have the Izzo factor. So right. yep. I think that, you know, Kentucky probably got that bump because of who they are. No, that that's very true. And it's funny, last year, of course, Kentucky finishes with the same record as Texas A&M, then beats them in the conference tournament, and Texas A&M gets a three, and Kentucky gets the four and has to go play (laughs) Indiana, right? I mean, that's how that worked out, right? Of course. Uh, Folks, we're talking to Tony Patelis from at College Hoop News, does a great job, has a periscope that he does on Wednesdays at 6.30, Sundays at 7.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time. Great, great mind here for college basketball. Tony, let's look at the top teams. You know, this year has been so exciting for college basketball because at the beginning of the year, you heard about Kentucky and you heard about Duke. And I feel as we're heading into the tournament, the big teams are there, but they all have flaws along the way. I mean, Kansas can't even keep a full bench going, but they have, you know, obviously the talent, the coaching and that that factor. But talk about these top teams. I mean, they're strong, but I think they're flawed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would probably say right now Gonzaga is the most complete team in the country. You know, when I break down the roster, offense, defense, all that, you know, positioning, all that stuff. Um, but again, you know, that's that's the great thing about college basketball. There's so much parity these days. And, and it, I think it makes for a better game um, because, you know, when you're top heavy and you got five, you know, only four or five teams that you can legitimately win the national title, it makes kind of for a boring tournament. So I think this year it's kind of nice when they have flaws because you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I, but when I look at it, I just keep going back to Gonzaga, and I think this is the team that you know really has the the most complete you know roster. Um, you know, you look at Villanova, not a deep team. Uh, you know, not a lot of size on the inside. Kansas, as you said, bench issues, depth issues. Um, so you know, UCLA, <laughs> defensive issues. Sure, so yeah. It, it, there's just a lot of different factors that go that are going into the season. Totally agree. And Gonzaga is, I feel like the country's going to be polarized with Gonzaga because a lot of yeah. people remember that Southern game from a couple of years ago, which Tony, I, my friends and I are just hoping that the day is 16 beats a one that we're there yeah. to watch it together because you know it's going to happen, right? But it, it will. It will. Gonzaga was in trouble against Southern. They're going to say they didn't play anyone. But I think that watching them play, the only other team in the country that has the balance and the diversity on offense to score like that is UCLA. I, I think yes. they can do it in so many different ways. Shemek was great at St. Mary's. 
Absolutely. I mean, he, he, he's a major factor inside and, and, you know, they have so much depth up front with Zach Collins and, and Jonathan Williams, the transfer from Missouri. So, and then you have Nigel Williams Goss who, who in the backcourt is playing like an all American right now. And then you, you know, you know, match him with a Josh Perkins and you match him with a Jordan Matthews. It just makes for, you know, a, almost a complete team. And, you know, they, they still don't get that the credit they deserve in my opinion, you know, people just want to, people, uh, you know, keep harping on their 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 past with with the the shortcomings in the yeah, ncaa yeah. tournament you just have to you know judge teams on a year-to-year basis totally you know agree. i i feel like some people don't do that totally agree and and one of the, sh- the shockers so far for me and it was in that, that preview as well is to me the big 10 is still the big 10 and i understand that the top yeah. teams are down right and they're not maybe at the top point that they they have been but at mm-hmm. the time, Wisconsin had one loss, and they were leading the Big Ten. And Purdue has looked just as impressive as anyone in that conference with Swanigan yeah. playing like a top pick in the NBA draft. And those guards are getting more and more confidence, like Carson Edwards. Where do you think they're going to fall? I mean, to not see a Big Ten team in the top 16 seeds was, seems was crazy to me. But then Wisconsin yeah. goes and loses at home to Northwestern without Lindsey. So, you know, what do you think about the Big Ten? You know, I don't think it's as bad as, as some people say. Um, I just think they're lacking that elite team. Um, I still, I really do. I put, I still put Wisconsin in, in that mix because you have a guy like Bronson Koenig, Nigel Hayes. These guys have played in a lot of big games, and I, I don't think a team wants to see Wisconsin in their bracket. I really don't. Um, you know, they're, they're a tough team to play. They're, they're, they're you know, they're dirty. They're kind of slot. You know, they're not, they're not a beautiful team to watch, but you know, they get it done. You know they're twenty-one and four. I mean, and people keep complaining. Oh, they haven't played anybody. You try winning games night in and night out in the Absolutely. Big Ten. It's it's not easy. No, it's it's totally true. And as as we get closer to the tournament, I'll admit my bias is I'm a small school guy. I love the upsets. So I love hearing about those small schools across the country that maybe have a chance to pull that upset. We had Kermit Davis on the other day from Middle Tennessee State. I mean, that game last mm-hmm. year, I said to him, I was two minutes into that game and I was texting my buddies, you got to get to a TV. They just had that, you probably have it too, that feeling where you know yes. this is going to be one of those games. Who are some of those smaller schools? You know, is it, is it a Dayton, Middle Tennessee? Who are some of those schools that you feel, maybe SMU even, who's coming on now, that you think can make some noise and, and are dark, you know, dark horses for the Final Four? Well, I definitely think that Middle Tennessee State's, again, one of those schools. You know, they have that three-headed monster, Giddy Potts, uh, Ja'Cory Williams, Reggie Upsaw. You know, they, they have enough uh, production there to to beat a big school. They did it last year, as we see. I also like UNC Wilmington. Uh, this uh, UNC Wilmington, they, they've been struggling a little bit down the stretch here. They're still 11-3 and in conference, 22-5 and overall. Earlier in the season, we were talking about maybe even that large bid, but, you know, they came up short against some of their Power 5 uh, schools in the non-conference, but they're a school you got to keep an eye on. Also, a team like Akron mm-hmm. is really playing well right now. You know, Isaiah Johnson is a heck of a player. they got like six, seven guys averaging between 16 points and seven points. Um, so that, that's a team to keep your eye on. Also, Belmont. Uh, Belmont yes, just yep. lost their first conference game. They're 12-1. and one. Evan Brads is one of the best big men in the country. Sure. He's averaging 21-9. and nine. Um, So they're another team I think you got to take a look at as well. No, no doubt. And, and you never know when a team like a Lehigh, remember that one year, the 215 yeah, season, was it Norfolk State and Lehigh, yeah. I think, um, are going to pop up. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Folks, I'm going to let Tony go here in a little bit, but I'm going to put you on the spot, my friend. So I want to hear from you, expert, loves college basketball, if these 16 seeds, and I'll go region by region, were coming <laughs> okay. out tomorrow. And, of course, you and I are going to root for the underdogs. But let's just hypothetically say a miracle happens, and the sure. 16 is these six, 16 teams. I'm just curious who right now, if the games are tomorrow, who, who you would like. Uh, I'll go through it, okay? Just give me your picks. Sure. So uh, East bracket, we got Villanova versus UCLA and Kentucky versus Louisville. How do you see that one shaking out? Kentucky, oh, boy. I, I would probably go with Louisville and uh, and you said UCLA and who? Villanova. Villanova. Uh, but I, I can't go against Villanova in that one. I got to go with uh, Villanova and Louisville. So Villanova plays Louisville. Who do you think would make yeah. the Final Four? I got to go with Nova. Nova, really fair do. enough. Okay, very yeah. good. Going across the other side, Kansas plays Duke and Florida State plays Arizona. Um, going with Kansas okay. in that matchup with Duke, and I would definitely go with Arizona in oh, that I agree. matchup with Florida State. Yeah, so you got okay. So Kansas versus Arizona, and who's coming out of that one? Oh boy, um, I got to go with Arizona. I'm big on the Wildcats. I would have said the same thing. I, t- I totally <laughs> agree with you. Uh, going down, we got Baylor versus Butler, a one-four game. Baylor versus Butler, and we have North Carolina versus Florida. Um, got to go with Baylor in that matchup with Butler, and uh, especially with uh, John Ibugnu out with the torn ACL. I got to go with uh, UNC. Very okay, very good. And then UNC yeah. plays Baylor. UNC. I'm a big uh, Tar Heel guy. I think uh, people are kind of sleeping on them a little bit down the stretch here. Totally agree. And our last bracket: Gonzaga plays West Virginia. And, oh, and then Oregon, right? Especially because West Virginia can't beat any of the Oklahoma schools at home, but they can no. beat they can beat anybody else. And they should have won in Fog Allen. So uh, yeah. Gonzaga, West Virginia, and Oregon, Virginia. Okay, I think Gonzaga will eke that out against West Virginia, and I'm going to go with Oregon over Virginia. Giving us a, a we call it West Coast love. Giving us a Gonzaga Oregon oh, yeah. Elite Eight. Who do you got? Got to go with the Zags. I think it's their year. I think it might happen this year for them. Well, you heard it there. Tony Patelis has Nova, Gonzaga, Arizona, and UNC. That, my friend, would be a great, great Final Four. Yeah. Uh, you, thanks so much, Tony, for a few minutes here. Guys, you got to check him out on Twitter, at College Hoop, Hoops News. He has a weekly Periscope, Wednesday 6.30, Sunday 7.30, Eastern Standard Time. All things college basketball. We love following you, Tony. You have some great things out there. And so thank you so much for a few minutes. We're honored to have you here, and, and uh, we'll look forward to March. Great. Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Tony. Yep. Well, there you go, Gus. I mean, we covered so many topics. Really smart guy, knows a lot about college hoops, and he loves Gonzaga, just like you. Unbelievably knowledgeable, but not just for that fact. The knowledge that he was dropping in that interview was amazing. I I love that he has Gonzaga and UNC in the Final Four, like-minded, very much like-minded. And the fact that he was able to spit out a number of under-the-radar teams that you guys should pay attention to, what else do you want from a college basketball junkie like ourselves, he is giving and expanding the knowledge. He's getting you ready for that 12-5 upset. That is exactly what he's doing in that interview. He loves Middle Tennessee State like we do. He even went into Akron, uh, gave you a lot of information there. So we thank Tony. We'd love to have him on again as we get closer to March Madness. But I think he was locked in in everything he was saying, the committee, the way they favor certain things. They do give the edge to the big coaches, you know, which I guess is just part and parcel of the way things are going to go. Um, but overall, liked it in his Final Four. Again, he had Nova, he had Gonzaga, he had Arizona, and he had UNC. Gus, I bring that up because I'm going to do something with you right now. We're going to go off script. Guys, There's no. this is uh, Gus Kearns here. He does not know this is coming. I okay. just want to hear his reaction. So, Gus, what do you say? I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to start sweating, uh, but I'm looking forward to the anticipation here. Okay, let's go. 
Gus, what I want to do is this. I'm going to read you the top 16 teams from March Madness, the preview show. I want you to make your picks right now. These games are going on tomorrow. I'm going to read you the games. I want your top of your mind automatic response to who you think is going to make the final four. What do you say? Oh, okay. I like it. Let's roll. All right, guys. Here we go. Ready? Villanova plays UCLA in a 1-4 game. Gus Louisville plays Kentucky in a 2-3 game. Please predict that region. Villanova plays UCLA. Louisville plays Kentucky. I want your Elite Eight. I want your Final Four team. Very good. Villanova will beat UCLA. UCLA's shortcomings on defense will show up big time here. Villanova's underrated strength on defense and efficiency on offense will take the game. As far as Kentucky and Louisville, this one is literally a coin flip for me. I am going to play fortune teller, and I'm going to look into the future, and I'm going to see a more efficient and disciplined defensive team for Kentucky. I'm going to see a troubled offensive team for Louisville. So give me Kentucky versus Villanova. Wow. And? And I'm going to model Tony's pick and take Villanova back to the Final Four back-to-back years. I like that. I like that. Let's move across the bracket now. So let's go across to the Midwest region. You're going to have the one seed, Gus, Kansas, playing the number four seed, Duke. And you're going to have the two seed, Florida State, playing the three seed, Arizona. Kansas versus Duke, Florida State versus Arizona. Go. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and put the Kansas game on hold. And I'm going to go right ahead and put Arizona through to the Elite Eight. They're playing too well. They're very gritty. They are underrated on offense efficiency-wise. They are getting their due on the defensive end and will stop anybody at any time. And you know what? I don't know. Maybe this last game just cemented this for me. But I think this is like a Cinderella, like fairy godmother year for Kansas. Just go back to the beginning of the year. Remember Frank Mason's big shot to win the game? Sure, yeah. Schvee's uncalled travel for the win. And let's pile on top of the unbelievable comeback with under three minutes to play against West Virginia. Yeah. There's simple, something sprinkling in Jayhawk country. So give me the Jayhawks versus Arizona. And I'm going to go ahead and put the Jayhawks in the final four. That's a great call. That is a tough, tough bracket. And that's what's funny. People talk about the East being loaded bracket to death. We mentioned that last time. Arizona's a three seed there. I mean, Florida State's not going to be a two. Arizona's a three. So Kansas would have to play Duke and then play Arizona. That is tough. Wow. Okay, so you got Kansas going through. Great. Going down on the same side as Kansas, we'll go to the South region. Number one, Baylor versus number four, Butler. Number two, North Carolina versus number three, Florida. Baylor, Butler, North Carolina, Florida. Give it to me, Gus. All right, these are kind of automatics for me. Obviously, we're going to go Baylor over Butler. Butler's probably not going to even be there. But Baylor has too much size inside. Uh, they also play the kooky defense that always bodes well with a short prep for the other team. And, of course, I'm going to go UNC. I think UNC is completely, just like Tony, completely under the radar, completely underrated by teams. Once they get whole and get rolling, they are a monster to deal with. Once they get Hicks back and Pinson back full speed and they have their whole roster at their disposal, let's put UNC 
against Baylor, and I'm just going to say UNC is going to wipe the floor with Baylor. I think that pace of play is going to be totally out of whack. I think UNC is going to run up and down on them. I think Baylor is going to be gasping for air. I think the UNC bigs can actually match up with the Baylor bigs. Give me the Tar Heels into the Final Four. Boy, Kansas versus UNC, that's a heck of a Final Four. Then let's complete it, my friend. Go to the West. That's number one, Gonzaga versus number four, West Virginia, and number two, Oregon versus number three, Virginia Clash of Styles. So that's Gonzaga, West Virginia, Oregon, Virginia. Wrap it up, Gus. Very good. Oregon plays an underrated brand of defense. They have the bigs inside that are talented, both on offense and defense. We talked about how he loved Bell and the approach that he brings to the game. We talked about how Boucher is totally flying under the radar, even with the fact that he was the cover boy for Sports Illustrated this particular season. Well done. Give me Oregon beating UVA in a slower game than you would think but a very well-played game on offense. And of course, on the other end of that bracket, give me my boys, Gonzaga. Give me the head chef, Big Shem, taking down the bigs inside for West Virginia. Even if they run up and down, that might be playing directly into Gonzaga's hands. Gonzaga, we talked about how it's important to play with two point guards. They play with two point guards almost all the time with Perkins and Nigel Williams-Goss. That press, they could possibly shred it. And when they do shred it, they're going to toss it into bigs for easy scores. Give me Gonzaga. Wow, very good. So for your final four, just to wrap it up, folks, for Gus, Villanova playing Gonzaga, Kansas playing UNC. That's his final four. And if you want to contact him about it, find him on Twitter at CKERNS, C-K-E-A-R-N-S-12, or contact the podcast, Podcast at gmail.com. I'll take a crack at it, my friend. Ready? Oh, let's go. Let's go. I want to hear your picks. All right. So we'll start in the East. I, 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 I have a feeling the Oregon game was a turning point for UCLA. Now, this can change. But you're mm-hmm. asking me if the oh, – well, I'm asking myself if the game was tomorrow. If the right. game was played tomorrow. Neutral court. I, neutral court. I would take UCLA over Villanova. I, I would. I feel like they got woken up by that Oregon game. You got to play some defense, folks. And I think what you're talking about UNC doing to Florida is exactly what UCLA can do to maybe Villanova. Villanova's not a deep team, and they may be able with freedom of motion in a game to beat him. I think it's a heck of a game. I am actually going to take UCLA there. Can I can I jump in with one thing just to back your, your take there? Yeah. The underrated part of UCLA is their bigs. They have multiple bigs that are skilled. They can run four bigs at another team. And if we pay attention to Villanova's weakness, what's their weakness? Bigness inside. I agree. I, I think and Leaf and Welsh and those guys, I think they can cause a lot of problems. So if it's played tomorrow, I'm taking the Bruins. Louisville, Kentucky. I'm rooting for Kentucky because, like I said, I love what Calipari's doing. It is difficult for you to convince me that in a one-game playoff, now that Louisville is pretty healthy, I would say, that they wouldn't win that game. I, I, I'm torn on this one, one of the hardest ones. I will take Louisville playing UCLA. It's close. In a week or so, I could totally be flipped on that. And I would actually take UCLA coming out of this bracket. I, I can't believe I'm saying that. I, that that wow. comeback against Oregon, Gus, stuck with me because I think that's a turning point for them. They are so talented. They are big inside. Alford hits everything. Ball's got it, whatever it may be. He has it. He, it's three he does foot. have it. Um, I like him. 
I like and Villanova's great too. This is a bracket of death. I will take UCLA out of there. Sliding over to the Midwest, Kansas Duke. I will take Kansas. I agree with you. They have some mojo. They battle through adversity. They make big shots. Graham Mason, the comeback. We can get to that in a little bit. Unbelievable. Bottom part of the bracket. I mean, we're all jumping off the Florida State bandwagon right now. Love Arizona too. I love what they're doing. They don't blow teams out at home. It's been an issue. But you know what? I'm a huge Sean Miller fan. What Arizona has going on, Trier still acclimating. Um, Mark and don't get going again. And I would take Ar- I would take Arizona over Kansas. I would. I love Kansas. I-, I agree with you. They've struggled a little too much to get me to- in that corner there. Mm-hmm. And I-, I think Arizona comes up with a big game and ends up beating them. Bristic is a tough matchup for them. Um, for for the inside guy, I, I you know Carlton Bragg isn't really giving them much. Landon Lucas is doing the best that he can. They're so dependent on Jackson and Mason and, and Graham to a certain extent. But if Devontae Graham doesn't turn into the second coming of Larry Bird, they're not winning that game. They're getting swept by West Virginia for the first time in Bill Self's career at Kansas that a team has beaten them twice in, in a year it would have been. He did have it happen at Tulsa. And by the way, the last time they lost two consecutive home games, I put this on Twitter, Ronald Reagan has just gotten out of office. So all, all, <laughs> kudos, to, that. all kudos to Bill Self, but I'll take Arizona there. Going down to the south, I agree. But can, I, can I jump in? Oh, just sorry. I'm sorry. One yeah. quick second. Yeah, I don't mean to ruin your flow here. Yeah, no. uh, just with the Kansas and Arizona matchup, wouldn't it be awesome to see Markkinen and Jackson yeah. matched up head to head in that game because you know they're, you know Kansas is playing smaller with putting Jackson at the four. Uh, they've played Markin to the four as a step out stretch four. That matchup by itself, you would hope that they would be matched up um, uh, at least on Kansas side. That would be amazing, Frosh on Frosh. We'd be looking at like what two of the top four freshmen in the nation right there matched up head to head. Gus the flying thin versus the Matrix Reloaded, right? I mean, <laughs> wow, great job, the nicknames. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, unbelievable. Totally agree. Great job by you. Right on the money. Going down to the south, Baylor Butler next. Baylor will win that game. Agree with you. I love Florida. They're gritty. They're gutty. But they're running into a team that would be a difficult match for them, which would be North Carolina. So North Carolina, Baylor, I sort of snuck this in last time. You're probably not going to be shocked. I think Carolina runs them off the floor. I agree with you. I think that is not the matchup Baylor needs. Carolina is peaking. They're coming back even hungrier than last year. So, yes, the, the one I agree with you on is North Carolina. I would put North Carolina through in that one. And last one, I'm moving over to the West, Gonzaga, West Virginia. I'm totally impressed with Gonzaga, what they've done. I'm putting them through. I don't think it's it's even a debate in my mind. Going down to the bottom, Oregon, Virginia, down the screen. <laughs> screen. Sorry, I can't take you. I, I know Mariel Shaq could have 11. I'm going to take Oregon and their high-scoring offense on that one, putting Oregon against Gonzaga. All right. I mean, what do you got there? Give it to us. <sighs> I think it's Gonzaga's year. I do. I, I have been impressed, Gus. I have. I And I've always been impressed with them. I don't want people to think that because I thought St. Mary's was going to beat them that I am not impressed with Gonzaga. I was not saying St. Mary's was going to beat them in the tournament. I just thought even the greatest teams that we've seen, Gus, have stumbled at some point. Um, and they stumbled. Everything, like you said, that could have went wrong went wrong, and Gonzaga still beat them by double digits. That's good enough for me. Mark Few, Dana Altman, two of the best coaches not to get to a Final Four. Who wouldn't love that game? I'll take Gonzaga. Somebody gets rewarded there, like a big-time program and a big-time coach gets rewarded there. That would be a great matchup to see if that actually occurred. Uh, spread the West Coast love on that, by the way. You got oh, it. my it goodness. Be, that'd be amazing. Yeah, it'd be UCLA-Gonzaga, West Coast love. And on the other side, it would be Arizona-North Carolina. Love it. 
I mean, these what brackets are going to change. What the guy do? Mark Hollis, he just ripped it up and threw it in the air as soon as it was over. He said they changed already. <laughs> right, right. But anyway, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. So, so those are your fours. Gus's are Villanova, Kansas, North Carolina, Gonzaga. I'm going UCLA, Arizona, North Carolina, and Gonzaga. So we actually agree on the bottom two. Very good. Uh, Gus, a little but, quick. And, and, and by the way, like we're going to change our picks probably with this next week with the next release. So, I mean, th- I mean, these picks are, are, have a week long shelf life. That's it. Gus, you asked me in five minutes, I'm, I'm probably taking Oregon. So let's just, let's just move on. Fair. fair. Yes. Uh, really quick guys. Uh, Gus, do you have a team that you're focusing on this week? There's so many games. There's so many great stuff going on. Do you have a team for the, uh, the followers here? Like, Hey, I'm checking this one out. Okay. Yes, I do. And we've mentioned this team before. We've had them on stock up. We've had them on uh, showdown matchup. But I'm going to read you off a couple of things that's happening that you might not think is happening because if you're a college basketball junkie like ourselves, you know that Wichita State and the Shockers have lost their backcourt from heaven. Ron Baker, Fred Blenby. Death, taxes, and Ron Baker. With double digits, of course. Once those two graduated, you wondered what the Shockers would do and what Coach Marshall would strum up to try to replicate the success that they've had as a program. Well, here's what they've done thus far. They have one loss in conference. They are currently the 16th ranked team in Ken Palm. They have a top 25 offensive efficiency in Ken Palm. They have a top 25 defensive efficiency in Ken Palm. And an underrated stat that they uh, put out for Ken Palm is pace of play or tempo. And the last, I'm going to say, handful of champions, if we're paying attention to this, the tempos have been kind of consistent in the 100s. And of course, uh, Wichita State's is in the 100s. They have been sneaking up Every single metric the entire year. They have been improving. They have a point guard who's a freshman running the show. A lot of their players play a lot of minutes, so they run people in and out. They share a similarity with Gonzaga where you don't really you can't really predict who's going to be their best player every game. And the reason you can't predict who's going to be their highest scoring player every game is because Coach Marshall and the program attacks the weakness of the other team and then goes ahead and exploits that weakness time after time after time until the other team and the other coaching staff and the other program does something to stop it. If it's Connor Frankamp one night, it's Connor Frankamp one night. If it's Shaq Goodwin one night, it's Shaq one night. If it's um, if it's uh, Zach Brown, it's Zach Brown one night. Wherever the weakness is, they attack. Now, we want the showdown with Illinois State in the Valley final, of course. But we're hoping for both of these teams to make it. And we want Wichita State in one more time so they can fly under the radar. And people are going to say, oh, yeah, they're really good. But then they graduate all their guys. But guess what? They're really good again. They're doing it again the right way. They're playing tough as nails on defense. They're shutting people down. Their pace of play is perfect if you're going to go ahead and predict a champion in March. And they're underrated on offense, even though their two best offensive weapons in school history have just graduated and are now playing in the NBA. People, go back and revisit the Wichita State Shockers. That's the team to pay attention to. 
I love it. And, and folks, Gus is a wealth of knowledge. The guy has this insight and this poker champion feel to things that you really got to pay attention to. Pay attention to the Shockers. Pay attention to his fishy line. Oh, by the way, tonight, Duke is winning 54-46 with 136 left. Gus was the one who told you that Duke is going to take this game. And, oh, by the way, he talked about Jason Tatum being two of the, one of the two best players on the floor. Mr. Tatum tonight has 26 points. He has... He has 26 points. He has nine rebounds, six to seven from three-point range against Virginia. Stay with the guy, folks. He's hot. Listen to him. Follow him on Twitter. We're rolling. Anything else we got tonight, Gus? This is a quick one, but uh, we're trying to get to three here a week, so we got some good stuff. Anything else you want to jump in? Uh, The only other thing I wanted to jump in on was just to echo what Tony had said earlier. I love that he uh, he gave some shine to Isaiah Johnson for the Zips. He is an old school big who will bang you down low and can hit a jumper from 17 feet and out. I love that he gave that guy a little press. Also, got to love Belmont, and he gave Evan Brads a yep, little love. Yep. Underrated guy in the post. They run a lot of their offense through him. You know, I almost, had, t- I almost had Tony do uh, Stump Gus a little bit there. I was going to give him Brads against <laughs> It seems like if you did Stump Gus, or in this case, Stump Tony, I, I don't think he would have been uh, stumped. I he, think would play, he would play in two seconds. We'll have him on. He'll play in two seconds. Yeah, you're right. He, he was really good. So I, I just love that he, you know, he was ready with the information with the small schools. And he's in on Belmont, too. Belmont is playing really efficient. They're shooting well from three, and they run a lot of their offense through Brads. So uh, thank you to Tony for giving us a little knowledge, giving us a little time. Really kind of him. And uh, if you don't give him a follow, he is well worth it because he is just like he, – he, he's, he's like a, one of those old-fashioned mills. And like every time the wheel turns around, it's just another piece of college basketball information that pops out. And you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Oh, man, you got to be kidding me. And that's all it is like all day from him. He's he's really impressive. Really impressive, as is this Duke win. Guys, we will be back on Friday and we will be able to go through all these games. But I have to tell you right now, we got Emil Jefferson got his fourth foul with 15 minutes left to go in Virginia. He only has four points and four rebounds. And Duke is about to pull this out unless they have a West Virginia-like meltdown. And oh, by the way, Gus, just want to point out that Mariel Shayok has seven and Jack Salt has four. And this is my problem. But this is a good one for Duke. Great job, Gus. Tony Patelis. Follow him, folks, at College Hoop News. We'll be back with you probably on Friday, getting you ready. Gus, get some fishing lines for the people. You're 80% this year. But make some people some money, will you, on Friday? Uh, yes, we will have another one out for you this week. i got to do a little bit more research, crunch some more numbers. So uh, just you know, pay attention to the Twitter account. We'll get one out there for you this week, if not a couple. Screen the screener, college basketball, conference plays coming down. It's going to be March. What's better than this? We'll see you.